You're listening to the Cannabis Investing Network. Before we begin, a short disclaimer. The full disclaimer follows at the end of this episode. This podcast is a general communication and is being provided for entertainment and information purposes only. It is educational in nature and is not designed to be a recommendation for any specific investment strategy, plan, feature, or other purpose. Please enjoy responsibly. Hello and welcome back to the Cannabis Investing Network. My name is Manish and I'm here in self-quarantine with Abby. Wait, this is self-quarantine? You didn't tell me that before I came here. (laughs) It's okay. uh, I'm wearing my hazmat suit, so uh, don't worry about it. Um, Welcome back, guys, to CIN Podcast. Uh, Today is Thursday, March 12th. Uh, You guys are going to be hearing this a couple days later. Um, And we have to start by addressing, I think, what is the story of the day, of the week, of the year, maybe of the decade, which is the coronavirus and what it is doing to everything in uh, the world right now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I want to start off by saying, you know, we, we always talk about trying to be intellectually honest. So I have to come out and say... I was 110% wrong on this one. Yeah, you were. Uh, <laughs> Abby's enjoying that. but, but no, look, I, I was too, but... Yeah, but look, I, I mean... I was like 90% wrong. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so you know, you, you can never do anything as much as I do it, so... <laughs> I'm not levered, so, yeah. you know. <laughs> so, look, I, I mean, we, we came out and talked about it, you know, two weeks ago and last week. Um, my feeling was, you know, when you look at the data, when you look at the numbers... You know, it's not that big of a deal. There's barely any cases. It's very small compared to the flu, right? Well, there wasn't when we did that episode. Yeah, sure. Right? So, like, it was like we we recorded that episode, then the next morning, Italy was shut down. Right. Maybe maybe two or three days after. Yeah. Right? But, like, so basically, yeah, and then sure. once that happened, then there was like a snowball effect, and then you and I were both like, oh, great. But at the time, too, it, it just, it seemed like, um, okay, it's... It's not here. It's over there. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the numbers over here, it's basically nothing, right? There's like, you know, 10 people or 20 people with it, right? In the entire yeah. country. But, well, we'll get into this a little bit later. But, you know, I want to get into sort of, again, the the what changed my mind was, uh, and funny enough, I went to the Leafs game Tuesday night. Looks like it looks like that might have been the last game of the season That's now, right? Yeah. right? Um, and, you know, packed house. Like, nobody caring about... Uh, you know, Corona fears. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I couldn't sleep that night. So I ended up just, you know, uh, browsing the internet, doing, doing whatever. And, uh, I found somebody mentioned something about, Oh, the new Rogan podcast. And, and they, the way they were mentioning it, I thought it had to do with cannabis. So I went to look it up and it was the infectious disease specialists. Um, and I, I think that, that, uh, episode has become very popular. And if you haven't seen it, I would strongly recommend you listen to it at least the first 30 minutes because he lays out a case for what they believe will happen with coronavirus next. And that was kind of the aha moment for me where I was like, oh, they think there's going to be like 100 million cases of this. And the stats say we're at 100,000. Yeah, or 135 or 139. Well, it, now it's 135, today. right? Yeah, but that, yeah, that yeah. when I watched it, it was 100. And I was like, oh, damn. Like, this is the tip of the iceberg. And then when you look at Italy, right? Like Italy three three weeks ago was had three cases. And now they've shut the whole country down. So you look at that and you go, oh, damn, like this is how it works. And even if the, the disease itself is not that deadly, which is, which is the case, 
I see now what we have to do to stop the spread of coronavirus is essentially we have to shut down our way of life. Right? We can't. I mean, I don't know. That's a little extreme. I Okay, listen, I, I'm all for Joe Rogan. I think he's. I, I, to be honest, I'm, not, I'm actually not a fan of Joe Rogan's podcast. Sure. And I'm not a fan of Joe Rogan in general. Um, we can go back to like when he used to promote Alpha Brain and all the stuff. And he's he's like he has an agenda. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure that I haven't heard that episode. I'm sure there's a lot of factual stuff. The people that he brings sure. on are quite a lot of uh, are, are are experts. Um, do we have to shut down? I mean, maybe our way of life have to has to alter for a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. But or do we have to shut down cities to contain this thing? I don't know, and I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't think so at this point. Okay, so this is a good point because this is this will be, I think, a very important uh, debate that will really dictate what happens next. And that's what this episode today is about, to talk about what happens next. Because, yeah. you know, I'm sure everyone at home um, is watching the absolute carnage in markets and not just cannabis. I mean, we're talking about everything, right? So Yeah, absolutely. The, the, I, th- I think... I, I think <laughs> If anything, this is kind of a good thing for cannabis. I mean, cannabis doesn't look so bad. Exactly. It takes all the bad light away totally. and everything else is down, right? Cannabis looks like, oh, it's not that bad in comparison to everything else. But we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later because I want to talk specifically about cannabis and what this means. But again, just speaking in generalities right now in, in terms of general terms, um, the the Rogan podcast and the guy talking that made me made me realize how I was wrong. Well, what that, did he say? So, so okay, what the, what he was talking about was how quickly the disease spreads, and the fact that if you look at the numbers, you know, on the surface, a lot of people like myself were kind of saying this is not a big deal because look at the numbers. But his point was, well, go ahead and look at the numbers of Italy, right? And so, if you look at sort of major countries that have been affected by this, you have China and you have Iran. Um, you have South Korea and you have Italy. Those are sort of four of the big ones. China's massive. So let's say Wuhan. Like right. Wuhan but no, no. But here's yeah. my point. China and Iran, you can't really trust the numbers in my opinion. Right? Like, okay. Yeah. You know, they have governments that have their own agendas and it's very difficult to say we can put a lot of reliance on the numbers. Yeah. I, I'll, 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 right? I'll, I'll stand by that. South statement. Korea and Italy, I think those are very, fairly trustworthy numbers. Okay. So if you look at Italy's numbers it paints a disastrous picture where you go from having like three cases to having 12,000 cases in three weeks. And then you, and then you see it going out of control. Right. Right. So then you just look at it and you go, okay, this is an exponential thing. And you know, if you understand compounding exponents, you're like, wow, I see the problem now. Right. Yeah. So that's what I learned from that podcast. Okay. Okay. Now here's where we go on to the next thing. And and this is where I flipped 180 because once that was my state of mind, now I said, okay, my understanding of how the economy works and, and how things work is uh, for us to stop this thing or flatten the curve, as they're saying, slow it down, we basically have to do this self-isolation, okay? Mm-hmm. which means mm-hmm. that we got to work from home yeah. and we got to avoid large gatherings. Yeah. And essentially, people have to you know, sit at home, right? Yeah, that's true. Right? That's true, yeah. So my understanding of how the economy works and how I believe it is that the way of life that we have right now, the economy that we have right now is driven by and large by discretionary consumer spending. Okay. So when you see things like music festivals being canceled, yeah, that, it's, it's okay. easy to look at that and sort of laugh. But, you know, somebody flying to Miami and buying an outfit that they don't need and 
getting a flight and getting a hotel and paying for Ubers and paying for drinks and paying for food. Like that is an entire way of life that fuels so many other things along the chain. So many jobs, so much business is done because of that. There's a lot of indirect spending. Absolutely. Like, and this is a thing that propels the economy forward and forward and forward. So when we have a mass cancellation of those things, right? I start looking at that and going, oh, damn. You know, on Monday or Tuesday, I thought this was a 30-day issue. Now looking at it, it's like, no, no, no. This could be a three- to six-month issue. Yeah, and I agree, I can agree with that statement. And I want to touch back on what you're saying about music festivals being canceled. That's going to happen. Like, I mean, that's entertainment. There's actually work conferences that are getting can- canceled as 100%. well. 100%. Right? So, and a, a lot of them are. And there's two points that I want to touch on. One, I think we talked talked about it on our last episode where we said, you know, it wasn't a global pandemic at that time, right? It wasn't when we when we recorded it because the global pandemic was yesterday. Sure. Um, we were at the point where we, we both talked about, you know, uh, if the mass gatherings in the U.S. shut down. I don't know if we talked about this, that, about it in, the, in, in one of our episodes or if it was just you and I were talking about it. But if the mass gatherings in the U.S. shut down, then that's going to be massive. And that's what's happening now. That is happening now. So that's. And to be clear, that's what should be happening. Of course, that's of what course. needs to be happening to put a damper on this. Thing. I'm yeah, I'm not I'm not refuting any of that stuff. I think what the government is doing is they're doing to the yeah, best I, of their I ability. Yeah, I feel like we're, we actually seem to be getting out ahead of it. Yeah, exactly, which is good, which is good. And so that puts a big damper now for any. There's no gatherings over I think 250 people. That's what that's in, what, in general. Yeah, governments yeah. seem to be shutting down or encouraging us to shut down gatherings. Of, Absolutely. You know, real large numbers of people. For sure. And then right before, right after you and I did, we, or sorry, right when we recorded that episode, there was a massive mining conference here in Toronto called PDAC. PDAC. Yeah. And so PDAC, unfortunately, earlier this week, something came out in the Global Mail that said that there was a case of COVID-19 in PDAC. And it got like very detailed, um, within the message boards and whatnot they found out exactly who the guy was right what parties the guy went to right. where the person was staying who right. he had been in contact with what booth he was in and then there and was where a f- he got and then at the end there was a photo of him hugging you which i thought was kind of weird <laughs> well no we, we were we were just we were just slapping hands you know yeah that's what we were doing <laughs> you guys are doing the italian cheek kiss yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. but no so Anyways, and uh, I, I I didn't attend the actual conference, but I attended a lot of the ancillary events, and I was like, oh, great! Like this is this is awful, and the amount of uh, disruption that it caused just within the Toronto community was insane. Like you had massive banks canceling all presentations, you had yep. Canaccord canceling all. Uh, Meetings where uh, outside companies, issuing mm-hmm. companies, are going to come come to present. Mm-hmm. It's all done. It's for the next thirty days. The Metro Toronto Convention Center, they're canceling every single event. Let me repeat that again: every single event until June first. Right. So okay, this this is a great point to touch on. So so today is uh, what's it's middle of it's March, March, right? Yeah. So that's uh, half of March and then April and then May. So that's two and a half months. Right? Yeah, and, and I found this out because um, a friend of mine, she's she was supposed to be hosting an event there mm-hmm. uh, or a, a major conference, and she said no. They they've gotten like the red light from the, the uh, from like the Metrotron Convention Center. Right. And the, when they asked, well, you know, this is the right thing, blah, blah blah blah. Like, is this being blown out of proportion? They were just saying, look, if we have an if if the Metrotron Convention Center has another event and another person with like COVID nineteen comes out. It's they did nothing to stop it. Right. Absolutely. Right? And, and I'm hearing, you know, anecdotal evidence now of office bill- buildings 
being shut down yeah because one employee was tested positive so now they don't know and once they tell all the tenants they're like forget it man shut this down yeah so so let's make some predictions because by the like what we saw today which was thursday is the mood shifted dramatically from what it was last night for sure so um you know for example tom hanks the nba and the nhl you know all of these things were huge tidbits uh, sorry, huge pieces of news that really helped change the mood very drastically. Well, right? here, let, let's talk real numbers before sure. we make predictions. So this is as of March 12th at 10 p.m. Eastern. There's there's a, uh, a dashboard that you can go to that mm-hmm. updates it out. Like I think it's like every half hour or something. So this is from March 12th, 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, there was 134,681 confirmed corona cases okay so like 135 let's just say 135,000 that includes both active and closed sure closed cases means the person either recovered or died okay that's it that's that's how you get out of closed (laughs) um you're either you have the liver you don't active (laughs) means you're currently battling the yeah you still got it yeah uh right now so in total there's been 4,973 deaths Okay, roughly, let's say 5,000, um, roughly that equates to about 3.7% right. of now, total coronavirus cases. Now, here's the thing, though. If there's 135,000 reported cases, yeah, how many cases are there for real? I right. mean, like, this is like, you know, this we is, had that debate is, about black market versus yeah, white absolutely, market. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. We're, like, we're throwing a dart at a board. But the realization is that, when, especially when you read about how mild some of the cases are, I mean, we're talking a multiple of 135,000. For sure. Right? For so, sure. So, so the death rate has to be artificially high because when I look at it, there's so many more people who must have this thing, that, the way it's spreading, right? I mean, if an NBA player has it, a, a, an MLS uh, soccer player has it, you know, the Justin Trudeau's wife, wife has, has it, it yeah. Justin Trudeau might have it. He's not taking a test yet. Uh, you know, Donald Trump is refusing to take a test. Like, this thing might be everywhere already. Like, that. that is the... That is the the amazing part of it is is its ability to infect, um, you know, seemingly very easily, right? So the good news is, you know, the death rate is not too high. Um, although, you know, obviously, you know, if you lose somebody, it's, it's tragic. But I mean, but the bad news is it seems to spread like wildfire. And the only way to slow this thing down is, like I said at the beginning, really to shut down our way of life. Yeah. Hold on. So the, so the death rate doesn't seem that high when you look at it from both that's that's both active and closed cases, right? Yep. That's how many cases mm-hmm. of corona there has, there has been. If you look at it just from closed cases, so there's seven seventy four thousand one hundred fifteen closed cases. Yeah, the death number stays the same, obviously, because that gets factored into it. Yeah, that then equates to about a six point seven percent. So roughly seven percent of people, you're either gonna fight, you're either gonna beat it. Ninety three percent of people will will beat it. Seven percent will die. Yeah. Again, I think those numbers are gonna be way off, just because in terms of testing. And now, you know, the, there's kind of shifting in North America. And, and you know, I mean, this is all very fluid, but some people are saying, you know, if you don't have severe symptoms, just stay at home. Don't even go to the hospital. Yeah. Right. So, again, those those testing numbers are, to me, way underreported in terms of confirmed cases. For sure. Because for sure. you most of the time, and this is what South Korea did really well, is they tested everybody. Yeah. They have like drive through testing centers. Yeah, yeah they do. Pull thermal. up in your car, you pull down your, you know, put yeah. down your window and they swab your mouth and nose. And you they know, take your temperature too. They, oh, I didn't the, know that. Okay, they so take they, your temperature with the well, what they call the, the thermometer that's like right. touchless. Okay, and then yeah. and then they they text you if you're negative. They call you if you have it. Right, so it's very easy to get tested. Um, so their numbers may be a little more reliable, but you know as we can see, the numbers feel underreported. Okay, so 
I think we've touched on that, but well, yeah. So, I, and but now we are starting to see. I mean, I know you 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 don't believe the numbers that are coming out of China, but we are starting to see a decline in China. Well, and yeah. The but, reason why yeah. mm-hmm. for that is because like Wuhan literally went into like quarantine, not just like the whole city went into lockdown. Right. Well, I'm, I'm hearing most of China's in lockdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in Wuhan, like where this whole thing originated from, that's where the numbers mm-hmm. come came out from. That, that it's actually declining. They went they went into complete quarantine. And so when you know when we were we talked about this earlier, if the rest of the world has to do what Wuhan de- did, mm-hmm. then you know this thing is going to be catastrophic. Well, that, that, this, is, I think that's this what is what the we're Joe saying. Rogan podcast or no, no, no. So I want to be clear on that. And again, like. You know, it's funny to say Joe Rogan, but like, you know, the information I took from that was saying like, oh, damn, I didn't realize that just because the numbers seem small, they get out of control very quickly. Right. So that's what I was realizing from that. And the other tidbit I took from that was where he was saying this is not a 30 day issue. This is like a three to eight month issue in terms of us cleaning this up. Mm -hmm. Right. And he made some great points. And then I extrapolated from that. Let's be very clear. But so so moving on, you know, in terms of what this means for businesses is his point was, look, how long do you quarantine people for? Because right now we're saying, okay, we're you know, U.S. is banning travel from Europe for 30 days, okay? So yeah. right now everybody's sort of doing things for 30 days, you know, taking basically taking a punt approach, right? Basically saying, all right, we're going to shut everything down for 30 days. Let's see how it goes. And one of my predictions is by the time this comes out next week, almost everybody will be working from home, right? Like it's Thursday right now. Friday feels like the last day we're going to have people taking the subway in to work in office towers. I just don't see it. Like, I think people are going to get to a point where it's like, no, 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 you're staying at home unless you have a job where you can't, you know, work from home. Right. Right. So that's what it feels like to me. Um, the The problem is going to be, so, so that's what we have to do, it, it seems, to shut this thing down, right? How long can certain businesses survive without people living life the way they normally live? So let's think about the obvious ones are hospitality, Right. Um, anything that has to do with hotels and travel, transportation, right? yeah, um, yeah, transportation, maybe okay, but but then just think about anything that's discretionary income, which is so much of our income. So, I mean, restaurants, like, damn, it's gonna hurt restaurants, bars, nightlife, concerts. I mean, these are things that make the world go round, and everything. Just like you know, the thesis with cannabis was the bad companies are gonna go under. But it's going to hurt everybody because everything is interconnected, right? Right. The same thing happens here with our economy. It's so fragile, so interconnected. You know, when when restaurants aren't making money, I mean, the people working at those restaurants are not super wealthy people. I mean, a lot of people live paycheck to paycheck. So suddenly, if you're not getting tips and you're not getting, you know, your, your usual paycheck, I mean, how do you make your rent? Yeah. Right. And bringing this back to my you know day job, which is commercial real estate, I look around at these restaurant tenants and I'm like, how are these guys going to afford to pay their rent, right? How are even apartment, you know, people living in apartments, how are they going to afford to pay their rent if suddenly, you know, they're not getting their their discretionary or their gig income that they're used to, right? Right. So if that goes on, and this gets into the, the meat of the issue, which is, is now a really good time to open your wallet and invest, okay? And the answer is, I'm not sure, because if this goes on 30 days, and the quarantine cleans everything up in 30 days, which it doesn't sound like it will. But if that if that's what happens, we're going to snap back and we're going to be right back at it. Sure. But more realistically, what's going to happen is the only way we shut this thing down is, is I don't know, you know, 90 days, 100 days, 120 days. So 
if that happens, how many businesses, like how many restaurants can survive three months uh, on a shoestring income? Well, it does, I mean, it goes beyond restaurants. It goes to a lot of a lot of different businesses that you're it, talking it, about. Yeah, that, those to me are the obvious well, ones. Hold on, let, let, let me go back sure. to your question about, is this a time to open your wallets to invest? I personally would say no. Right now. Okay, tell I, me more. Uh, and sorry, when I say that right now, I mean like today and tomorrow. Like, yeah. I don't, maybe it could, it could change on It's Monday. very fluid, right? Yeah, the, the decision is going to like, am I buying tomorrow morning? How about that? That's a better question to ask, right? Okay. Or, or, or what did I do today? Today I didn't buy, I didn't sell. Was big thing was that I didn't sell. A lot of my positions are down, but I didn't sell because I went back and said, hey, I bought these companies because mm-hmm. I liked A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think we don't know exactly the impact that this is going to have on a global Absolutely. level. Right, not high, just high, high degree of uncertainty. Yeah, and so with that degree of uncertainty, just because things pulled back twenty percent, and you're like, oh man, like you know, Air Canada is definitely going to survive this. Like, right. who cares if they're down twenty percent or right. whatever they're down today? Right. Um, I should start piling back on the stock. I think you know, it's like trying to catch a falling knife. You know, you you could get sure. hurt. You could really get hurt. Sure. Um, so I would say no. I, I I'm I'm not buying right now. That's just me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, Will that change on Monday? Who knows? Um, do I think that the markets will eventually come back? Yeah, of course I think that they're going to come back. And I think there will be an opportunity to buy. Am I going to try to catch the bottom? Absolutely not. I don't mind if I miss the bottom. I could, sure. I'm, I don't care if I'm 10% away from the bottom and sure. I start buying. I'll catch the upswing. Um, there will be an upswing though, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a pendulum. This is right now we're swinging really into bear market territory. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. will eventually swing back into bull market territory. When capitulation happens, we don't know. You don't know. I don't know. None of the absolutely the big pundits. If we did know, we wouldn't be doing. We would yeah. be, you know, we'd be a lot wealthier. We'd be, we'd be in a yeah. smoky room talking, uh, talking over stogies. To, <laughs> you know, <laughs> swishing scotch around, You're like marvelous. But no. So I think that um, for any investor right now, mm-hmm. uh, just because things, just because prices are coming down. Even the even if valuations are coming down, and you know you're like this is an underlying business, it's going to make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I would still proceed with caution. Maybe pick absolutely. up names that you absolutely love, yes. but like don't. This isn't a time I would say to take, you know, too too much risk. Okay, I, I'm going to echo a lot of what you just said, but I, I wanted the reason I was bringing it back to sort of what's very real to me is I know you know I, I know a lot of restaurants in terms of being in the real estate business, right? Because restaurants have become very dominant in the retail sector. Um, and I just look at them and I say, how many of these guys can survive? Yeah, but are restaurants even good investments? I think you and I have that. Well, had this I'm not talking about owning a restaurant. I'm talking about, I know a lot of real estate where the restaurants are tenants. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And they're yeah, often yeah. quite good tenants because right. even though the tenant, even though the re- the restaurant itself may roll over, the infrastructure of a restaurant has become quite valuable. Right. So somebody else will come in and take their place. Right. So, uh, as retail has kind of, you know, waned, restaurants have boomed. Mm-hmm. And thanks to things like Uber Eats and Millennials Never Cooking, restaurants have become a huge tenant um, as a category, right? So I look at them and I say, man, like, if people aren't showing up to the restaurant... But you raise a good point about Uber Eats. People don't hang on, necessarily... Hang on. So, hang on. So, so yes, that's still there, right? But if people aren't showing up to the restaurant, restaurants make a lot of money off booze, okay? People aren't going out and dining out. That's a big problem. Now, right. there's still Uber Eats. There's still Postmates. No question, right? Mm-hmm. But... You can't get booze on there. Yeah, but I I can't, I guess what I'm getting at is I can't think of anything worse for a consumer-driven economy than people sitting their ass at home and not spending money. Well, here, I'll, I'll give you something that's even worse than that. Sure. A city that gets quarantined. <laughs> but that's exactly what it is. 
Yeah, but right? I mean, right now it's like self-isolation. Like people sure. are choosing not to go sure. out. But like if you look at the Wuhan story, um, I, there was that one uh, Instagram post that I saw on Lad Bible. You guys should check it out. It's this, this British guy who was a teacher in Wuhan. He was one of the first cases and he survived. And he just kind of walks you through what's going on. It's very eerie. It's very it's really? like doom and gloom. I think I sent it to you. You should, you should watch it. It's And he goes through everything. And basically he, he goes through the three stages of the coronavirus. Right. And it sounds awful. And then he goes through what, what's going on in the city right now. And mm-hmm. Wuhan has 11 million people. Okay? Wow. That's like wow. Illinois. That's like Ontario. Ontario. Exactly. And he's like, these are like bustling businesses. And how many dispensaries do they have there? It, well, it's China. So it's like, <laughs> it's really, really, really illegal there. That's getting ahead of the curve. Yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely, I mean, I think the Chinese population, like you can get, you can get like killed for smoking a joint out there. Um, but anyway, so he goes through all this and he talks about what, 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 what the quarantine life is like. And to your point, or what I was trying to say, is, well, you can get Uber Eats. Well, you know, you can't get Uber right. Eats when sure. it's quarantined. Sure. Everything becomes rationed, which means you right. no longer get access to, you know, right. what you want to buy. Right, they just right, send right, right. you the number right. of food. And the way they did it was that, like, you have a number. They call your number, uh, like, literally from your phone. You're allowed to open your door for, like, a certain window of period. Okay. They then hand you the food in, like, a stick. Like, so that you're, they're nowhere near you. You take it. You have to shut your door immediately. It's and like the Black Plague. Yeah, exactly. It's like that. And and I was like, holy, like, this is insane. If that model gets replicated in Italy, which I think it's happening right now in Italy, um, not to that extent, but, uh, and then if that gets, like, replicated elsewhere, then, yeah, then this is, who knows where this is going to go. Right. So I guess my point is, and obviously, yeah, fair enough. That's obviously, the, you know, the worst possible scenario right right but my point is that it doesn't have to go there for this to kill a lot of businesses right so even just where i think we're heading right now in north america like again we're sort of working under the impression right now if you just listen to conventional wisdom that 30 days this is going to clear up and if we get lucky maybe it will but I don't see that happening, and that was my big takeaway from the infectious disease specialist. Is that you don't, you don't think we're gonna get lucky in twenty twenty? It's been, it's been a pretty <laughs> lucky year so far. <laughs> well, look, I mean, when I look at it, it's once you isolate people, mm-hmm. you know, going back is very difficult because let's say we isolate for thirty days, right? And we slow down the numbers successfully, right? And then right. we we start going back to work, and the numbers shoot up again because this thing is so contagious. So. This ends could end up being, you know, a much longer pro like this could be a 90 to 180 day problem. Right. Yeah. And if that's the case, you know, the original thesis that we had was, look, how much longer can some of these cannabis companies survive when they're undercapitalized? Right. We have to broaden that mass extinction event now. And I think it's not just these lower quality cannabis companies. It's a lot of real regular companies out there in the retail, hospitality, et cetera, sector. Like those guys are very real risk of going under if they can't make money in 90 days. Oh, yeah. Like that is brutal. And then you extend that to all of the people who are living paycheck to paycheck who suddenly don't get paid. And you extend that to their landlords and you extend that to their creditors. And like that domino is deadly for an economy. Right. So when I look at the at the at the companies and the stocks now that are getting hammered and some of them look quite attractive. Right. But I agree with you, like not the time to take risk and go lower quality. I'm talking about buying blue chip, like even Canadian bank stocks. The problem is it could go lower still. But forget about stocks for a second. The fundamental businesses, the, the degree of uncertainty is so high right now. We just don't know 30 days from now 
if people are going to be back to work like normal or if we're going to be sitting home for another 60, 90 days, right? So if that's the case, how many companies are we going to lose? Like how, you know, like what is our industry going to look like when we're ready to go back? So that's why it's so difficult to put your finger on, is it time to buy or is it time, you know, is, do we just wait this out? Right. And my gut is telling me I got to wait a little bit right now. I definitely think you got to wait. I got to wait. I got to have liquidity. And this comes to the importance of always having some liquidity available because what's going to happen next and what's going to happen next in cannabis, we'll touch on next. But just the broader economy, the true businesses, what's going to happen to them if this goes on for more than 90 days? I mean, it's going to be carnage, absolute carnage for some of these guys. It's very, it's very true. It's very true. Sorry, I'm smiling right now because I, I, I saw this meme today <laughs> and it literally just popped in my head as you and I are having this conversation. Because By the way, the meme economy is blowing up. The, oh, the corona, unreal, coronavirus unreal. memes are just going Wildly, through the roof. Wild entertainment. And they're freaking clever. Yeah. Some of these are unreal. <laughs> well, people have nothing to do but sit at home and make memes pretty oh, soon. Oh, God. So. <laughs> they're like comedic geniuses, some of these ones. So one of them actually, just like your passion for, for finance, the capital markets, I love um, <clears throat> remind me of this one. It's a bunch of doctor, like med school students sitting down and the teachers t- teaching them. And they're like, okay, well, this is the black pet plague. This was the, uh, whatever vaccine Spanish for flu. it. Okay, yeah. And, yeah then, sure. and then it's like, this is the coronavirus. What monetary policy will cure this? <laughs> I'm just, like, <laughs> just like, that's funny. <laughs> it's hilarious. Right. That's because funny. it's because like, it's like people's health are in line, but you and I are both like, man, like, you know, we need some sort of stimulus package yeah. put in this. We need to pump the economy, get people spending again. So, so look, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about what we might see coming down the pipe. Um, and, you know, I was thinking like an Andrew Yang style uh, economic package where, you know, Andrew Yang's whole thing was we're going to give everybody, regardless of income, uh, $1,000 a month just to be, you know, consumers, right? Yeah. And that was mostly to combat, you know, um, automation of jobs and et cetera, et cetera. But I'm thinking like, look, and, and again, my focus is on restaurants going to get killed in this thing, right? Yeah. What if the government has a stimulus package, which is like, we're going to give um, people a thousand bucks, you know, and maybe it, it has to be spent towards certain things, right? Like, like restaurants, like. Like maybe paying your rent. Helicopter cash. I think that's what it's called. The helicopter cash, right? Like I, I, I remember, remember it's yeah, Japan I had to do this in 2015. Yeah, really? I didn't a, know this. It was like a picture. Uh, sorry. The, the term is, it's an economic term. I think it's called helicopter money or whatever. It's okay. saying, how do we, how, how it's sort of like a joke, but like, how do you, in, in like, how do you have an influx of capital go into uh, the economy? Right. It's literally like, well, take a helicopter, fly it over the population and just and throw, throw it cash. Right, right, right. right. And, uh, there was but a Barron's article. How do you do that when the people are scared to leave their house? <laughs> Well, you don't actually do this. Yes, but, understood. And, uh, Thank you, Abby. I, but in the in the states, they did this too. I can't remember when it was. It was pretty recently. It was when uh, George W. Bush was president. Uh, every if, if, I think they I think most citizens got like two hundred bucks a tax back or something. Some some right. weird sort like, of tax. a tax rebate or something. Yeah, sure. it came in that way. And I forget what what the rationale for it was. Um, but like, I literally think we could see something of that nature because of how <clears> bad it's going to get. And I, I think they were they're doing something similar in the UK with businesses. Like they're giving businesses. X amount of money up front. Well, Canada is doing something with, well, I don't know about the X number amount yeah, of money up front. I think it's just like 3,000 bucks to small businesses just to like, and the tax rate getting cut to zero just oh, in the interim God. to help these guys. I'm, I'm recorporating. In, in <laughs> <UK>. Jeez, <laughs> zero tax. Okay, so look, let's, I think 
We've, well, hold on, hold on. Yeah, so there sure, is something ahead. with the Canadian stimulus package. Mm-hmm. The government is going to step in if there are people who are sick from COVID nineteen. Right, 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 right. They will compensate your wages, and they'll ensure that. I mean, I don't want to say the word ensure, but they'll work with your employer. They're working with employers to make sure people don't get laid off. Sure. Right? Okay. And there's one other thing that we did not talk about on the restaurant. I know the restaurant scene is very important. Mm-hmm. There was something that I was reading. What about like the Starbucks, the Walmart, the Costco's, the grocery stores, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Those employees, mm-hmm. they're people too. They, they're they they're doing a tremendous job right now going mm-hmm. into work. They can't, they can't work from home. Yep. For absolutely. sure not. So they have to go into the office all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're dealing with people, people who walk into those places. Sure. Typically, you know, might have a cough or what whatnot. Could be anybody. Exactly. Because right? they have sure. pharmacies there. This is where you have to go and to get into it. So they're saying, well, what happens when those employees start to get sick? Because the business then has to tell the public that, you know, they have a sick employee. Right. Right. right so that's just right. like, it's, where, where, where do you go from there? Right. There's right. so many angles that your brain can and, kind of And I mean, you to. just think about how many people are going into a Walmart every day right now. Like, oh, like it's, it's actually more, right? Because people are stocking up now. Somebody has coronavirus. Oh, for sure. Like, for sure. Man. Whether or not they've tested positive for it is another thing, but or people whether, working whether they it. even know they have it, right? Yeah, right? that's a great point too. Like they could be uh, was asymptomatic. I think yeah, is the term. yeah, yeah. Okay, so so listen, th- that's a great segue into cannabis because you just nailed it. That look, certain things are staple goods, right? Like people have to go to the grocery store, or maybe mm. they'll start switching to online delivery or whatever. But realistically, like I was at the grocery store earlier today, it was rammed, right? And people are going to the grocery store, okay. Um, that will continue come hell or high water as long as the grocery store is open. Okay. Yeah. Right. Even in, if, if this lasts 180 days, people will have to keep going to the store to restock. Yeah. That's life. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how will cannabis behave in this kind of environment? Okay. So let's, let's delve into that because, you know, let's talk about cannabis, the fundamental businesses, and then, then the actual performance of the stocks and the capital markets. Mm-hmm. So we did an episode a while back, I think in June or July of last year, when there's a lot of recession talk happening, which is almost like ancient history now. And we talked, we did a whole episode on how would cannabis behave in a recession? And we were trying to, we're trying to sort of guess at that. And the thesis that we had was cannabis will act like a consumer staple, similar to buying beer and beer sales actually go up when times are bad. Yes, yeah, or with at like least McDonald's. Exactly. Or at least they stay relatively even. And maybe people will switch to, you know, going out and buying, you know, a $10 cocktail to now going and buying, you know, a, a big bottle of, you know, Tito's or whatever. Or, right? or even think of like a family. If a family goes out, like, I always use this, use this example with ice cream, right? Ice cream is actually something that goes up during a recession, which not a lot of people look at. Okay. Because it's a, it's a treat. It makes you feel good, right? If you have kids, you want to take them out. You can't go to, you know, going out to the movies and whatnot. Sure, Probably sure, like sure, a couple sure. hundred dollar, couple hundred dollar night now with like, you know, if you have like. What kind of movie are you ticket, watching, dude, man? Dude, each movie <laughs> ticket's like 20 bucks now. Yeah, okay, fair so enough. Like four, four movie tickets, 80 I, I bucks plus popcorn. I have a feeling they're about to be very discounted. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's very true. That's very true. But, but they're, remember, they're competing with Netflix. And so um, I remember there was one cream, ice cream creamery or whatever that I visited and uh, the entrepreneur, the owner there was telling us that like, yeah, you're actually in 2008. He's like, I had the best sales I've ever had. Wow. Okay. Um, because, and this is the, exa- the exact example he used, was that 
you know, instead of going out to the movies, buying popcorn, whatever, sure, you can go and buy a tub of ice cream for literally ten bucks. Sure. Watch movies with your kids, right, right, and right. Then, like for kids who are like under ten years old, they don't they don't care, right, right, right. right? Okay, sure. So, so people substitute to a cheaper option. Yeah, right? exactly. People will so, still have fun. And if you look at cannabis, right, like cannabis is actually quite an inexpensive, uh, you know, drug. I'm gonna. In quote, it's a drug, right? Like similar to alcohol. So but, of course, it's a drug. But no, what I mean though is, I'm trying to say, like you know, alcohol can often be like a night out drinking is a lot more expensive than a night in consuming cannabis, right? Um, depends on a n- number of things, but in general, right? So, I would say that cannabis to me is a staple good, and I think it would actually sort of shine in in a recession in that um, people will, you know, the consumption numbers will still be strong. Okay. Right. So that's the that's what I feel is the good news. Okay. Right. However, here's the flip side of it, and this is what makes me cautious on on cannabis right now is that multiple studies have shown. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. I should say the numbers from Canada of last year have shown that about ninety percent of cannabis sales happen at brick and mortar stores. So that's why everyone keeps screaming, "We need to open more stores," right? Because that is the key to getting more sales. So what happens now when people are afraid to leave the house? Will they go to the you know cannabis store to buy the product? Similar to they will go to the grocery store. I don't know. Will they go to the LCBO, which is the you know where you buy liquor in Ontario? Will they go to to, to LCBO to buy liquor, or will they order it online? I don't know. So will the patterns of behavior change? Will people just shift all of their buying from online to brick and mortar? Or will they actually buy less? Because for whatever reason, people don't seem to like ordering online when it comes to cannabis. They'd rather go to the store, right? So well, this I, is this is what, to me, is just creating a lot of uncertainty because, you know, I can look at the fundamental performance of a company like Medifarm or like Valence or like Village Farms and say, I really like what these companies have done. But now when I turn it around, I say, I don't know that they're going to keep up this performance if in this new Corona world that we're stepping into. Gotcha. That makes sense. I mean, I've, it, it's tough because, you know, when we first started this podcast, I was a big proponent of online. Yep. I thought, I think, I, and I still think that online will eventually trump out the retail side. Mm-hmm. You did a good job of educating me that bud tenders are required in this, in this uh, industry right now um, because there's a lack of knowledge. There's a lack of brand recognition, which we both agree on. Um, and, 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 and sorry, it's probably important to say here, like, you know, my thesis was, look, dispensaries are really important just because I know I enjoy going to them. But the reality is nobody really knows why. Like nobody really can explain why the cannabis consumer loves to go to the store rather than order online. Because let's keep it real. Like once you know what you want, online is easier. Yeah, right? exactly. That that was my whole point, right. though, right? Right, and one hundred percent. I and I hear I hear your point, but, but I'm but, but hold on. But sorry, just yeah. just to finish it off, I'm saying like it, it sounds like there's different reasons for different people. Like for yeah. some people, there's a privacy element to it. For some people, it's it's wanting to talk to a bud tender. For some people, it's experiential. Like it's fun to go in and see these cool products and stuff like that. Well, it's also it was it's, a, it's also a new experience you can only totally. really have for the last what two three years. Oh man, it's, it's and so cool year, to walk legally. into. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. It's cool to walk into a new store, right? Yeah, exactly. So so that that just ties back to my point of like, like, what does this mean now that you know it, if people are scared to leave their houses? 
what does this mean? Does it mean that people, like if you have a privacy concern, do you just get over it and you just buy from the OCS? Or do you maybe go black market, right? If, if, you, if for you it was a, just a novel, cool thing, you know, maybe it's, it's not a need for you. It was just a fun thing and that's why you did it, right? So yeah. maybe you just don't order, right? Whereas some people I'm sure will just shift their behavior and say, you know what, I'm not going to the store. I'm just going to order online, right? And some people would probably still go to the store. Right. But again, these are all question marks and we won't know until like even 60, 90 days from now how the sales are being affected and if people are leaving the house or not. Right? Here, let's have a let's have a fun bet here. Um, I know we've got a bunch a of co- a couple of bets going. Yeah. yeah. But here, this one will be the quickest one. Do you think that cannabis sales for the month of March and April mm-hmm. okay, are going to go up or down from 2018? Oh, well, I'm oh, sorry, mean, 2019, 2019. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, they have to go up. I mean, the, it's just such an upward trend for sure. It's going up. The, the, I think a better question is January, February, March, April. Um, undoubtedly, I think you're going to see January to Mar- like January to February should have bit. an up, should have an uptick because we have more stores open. We have 2.0 products, better availability. So if none of this stuff had happened, we should, we should have been seeing a strong ramp through this, through the spring, right? Will we still see the ramp or not? Okay. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you the best way to figure this out is keep a very close eye on the Florida OMMU data because that is week by week. So every Friday at 530, I get an email that has the OMMU data. You can all get it too, by the way, if you subscribe on their website, um, they'll, they'll just email you the data every Friday at 530. That to me is the best gauge of what, uh, you know, remember these are medical patients. So, and these are, I would say, enthusiasts. They're mm-hmm. either, they kind of split into certain camps, right? So there's people who are very serious medical patients. There are people who are very enthusiastic about the product, right? Mm-hmm. These are the people that if they're not buying, if you see their numbers drop off, that's a really bad sign. Right. Because these are the people for whom I think cannabis is a real staple. And also the black market probably, um, there's a higher barrier for them to go to the black market being in Florida. Right. And it's like the first market where you can get the, the first legitimate data. Weekly. Earliest, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. And such good data that you get, right? So that to me will be a great bellwether for what happens. And that will be something that I think everybody should be watching very closely week over week to see what happens, right? So thesis for me is that in Florida, I don't think we'll see too much drop off, right? Maybe there'll be a little bit of fluctuation, which is normal anyway. Uh, but overall, I don't think we'll see a ton of drop off again because of the enthusiast and, and dedicated nature of those patients mm-hmm. um, in Ontario. Hmm. Hard to say. I I think we're going to see some drop off. I think we're going to see some slippage. That's my that's my gut feeling, because I think people just aren't leaving the house. Like, I think I think this when this thing starts really hitting and, you know, we're doing this on a Thursday, it'll be released next week. And I think by that time, people will already be seeing that, oh, damn, this is real. Um, you know, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. People will buy. They, yeah. they definitely will. So it's not going to fall off a cliff. Um, but we're not going to be seeing that growth. And we're probably going to see some slippage. That's my feeling. Okay. You know, that, that's, that's interesting. Because I, I was going to say 2019 to 2020, we'll see year over year increase. Um, I think we'll still see. If we went back to 19 levels, that would be abysmal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, that would be a huge fall off of a cliff. Well, I mean, like, look at the markets are back to 2019 levels. Like, the broad No, 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 no but, but 20, no, 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 for clarity, though, 2019, like, in, a- was, yeah. in April, we literally were opening the first stores in Ontario. 
like April 1st, the first stores opened in Ontario. Right. So and the, it, everything, but all the sales were done to the OCS. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. But it would be like non, and they only had flour and like limited quantities. So like it would be nonsensical for us to fall back to those levels. Like it right. would be, if we did, that would be brutal. Yeah. Brutal. I, I, I don't think we're going to, we're going to fall there. I, so you're saying that the, there's going to be like a, a downward trend? Yeah. If I'm to guess, right? Like I just, I just try to put myself in, in, you know, like my shoes. Am I going to go to... Like in my local area, they finally opened up a Tokyo smoke that I've been waiting forever for. <laughs> and of course, you know, cannabis just can't catch a break. Like today was a grand opening, you know, and today oh, was the day yeah. that, you know, the thing, the thing turned and everyone was like, oh damn, this is real. And that today is our grand opening. Did you go? Hell no, I didn't go, but I, I, I wasn't also in the area, but oh. you know, I wouldn't have gone period because it was just like, like I'm asking myself cause I'm seeing this video. I'm like, this store looks awesome. I've been waiting for the store for months. Yeah. Do I even like? Should I even be going to the store right now? Like, should I just be like, what? What do I need to go there for? Like, so, you know, I'm putting myself in other people's shoes, and I'm thinking like, I'm really not going to go to the store if I can just order it on the OCS. Like, there's got to be something that brings me to the yeah. store. Um, like for example, Valence launched their beverage. Uh, it hit the stores yesterday. Sold out in one day. <laughs> now it was a limited run. It was only something like, I think, five or 6,000 units. Were you able to get any air? No, I, I didn't even know. I literally saw it on today on Twitter. Yeah, we got to text they, Everett. Be they, like, buddy, what's going on here? <laughs> well, it's funny because I was literally talking to the, somebody who's involved with the company, like not Valence, but the, the actual brand making right, it. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, um, I texted him. I said, hey, what the hell? You were supposed to tell me when they <laughs> launched. And he's like, I didn't even know. I couldn't. I didn't get a chance to buy any. And uh, all so, their own employees weren't able to get it. Yeah, that. yeah, That's no, it was hilarious. hilarious. So, so, uh, but you know what? I mean, it, look, it, it was a limited run. Um, it's hard to say at this point if the beverages were good or if it was simply, I mean, nobody knows if they're good yet, right? So it was simply enthusiasm, right? So we'll see now on reorders and hopefully larger orders what happens, right? So um, that's a positive sign. But uh, again, I just think there has to be slippage because I don't think I'm going to go to the store. That's that's what I'm seeing. And for whatever reason, people, when they go to the store, they spend more, bigger basket sizes. Yeah. You know, the sales seem to come from the stores. Okay, so so that's, the, that's that thought. Now, positive side is this thing isn't going to last forever. There is a light at the end of this tunnel. I don't even think it's that long. Maybe it's six months. And then we start to turn the corner and we all, like the minute we all start leaving our houses again, this thing starts going the other way. Yeah. Right. And again, and, and, and the boom will be just as quick as the bust. Yeah. The the thing is coming like the bust. So the bust, the thing is we're going to lose a bunch of guys and yeah. that has reverberations and then coming out of it, it's going to start up again. I don't know if it'll be as fast, but I, I agree. Things will move quickly. Yeah. Cannabis, especially the way out, like when people are going out and spending money again, cannabis will pick up like that. Like I think the sales will boom right away. Yeah. So, this comes back to our thesis of buy the high quality names right now. You know, we, we said, I think for the last couple of months, we've been saying, don't play around in the mud. Don't play with the maybes, right? So I'll give you an example. Flower One is a company in Nevada, and it has what is one of the largest and best looking cultivation footprints I've ever seen. Today, today they dropped a video showing, you know, a, a video of their, you know, greenhouse, et cetera, and they're ramping so aggressively. And I, I like Flower One. Like, I met with the guy. You know, I haven't seen the facility, but everything about it seems really interesting. It seems like a really interesting story, but the stock has been getting killed, right? So I've been waiting patiently to jump in. 
I'm like, no, you know what? No more FOMO. I'm going to wait for their financials to come out and I'm going to review them before I put a penny into them. Right. right. Now think about with Corona. How many people are showing up to Vegas? Probably not very many, right? Well, no Europeans. No Europeans, that's right. A lot of conferences being canceled, yeah. right? The mayor of Vegas saying, I wish they would stop reporting on Corona because it's killing us. But the reality is, no, people need to actually stop going to Vegas to let this thing tide over, yeah. right? But how long can Vegas survive with no visitors? It's going to be brutal, right? Oh, yeah. So, so that's why you see Planet 13 taking a nosedive because they're reliant on that tourism, right? And that entire state is in the hospitality sector. Mm-hmm. So cannabis, I think I think if you look at Florida, that will probably be the most well insulated. And I think companies like Truly and Liberty are where I would want to put money in this downturn on the you know, because on the way out I think it will do well. Um, and by the way, you can be patient because you can track the OMMU data. Remember that most people aren't paying attention, they're just exiting names. And you can wait to see how the data plays out week over week. 30 days from now, are people still buying the same amount of cannabis? Are they buying more cannabis because they're sitting at home doing nothing, right? Mm. We're going to see. We are going to see. And then if the data is good and the stocks continue getting hammered or don't recover, then you can deploy some capital, right? right? Then you can put some capital to work. But the beauty of the market right now, or uh, I say that, you know, one of the benefits of the market right now is that people aren't being rational. Right. And in that, there is always opportunities. For sure. For sure. So, so sorry, just sum the point up. Try to understand what business you're in and what the risks are. Right. If you're in the retail business, even if it's cannabis, I think that's probably higher risk. If you rely on tourism and, and hospitality, like anything in Nevada, big risk. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're an extraction company and you're selling, you know, vapes, you might be okay. Right. Well, there are still going to be risks of getting your supplies from China. Yep. Great that's point. Like a, that's Great a, point. That's yep. an indirect risk from, yep. from yep. Uh, coronavirus that's not yep. affected to what yep. we're talking about. But Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Great point. That's a different kind of risk, right? Mm-hmm. But are people still going to be buying vapes? Yeah, probably. I would say so, yeah. Yeah, you can sure. buy vapes and flour online. Not that big of a deal, right? The issue is I think the demand is going to be there. It's going to be the supply. That's the that's been the, the, the crux of the cannabis industry is they haven't been able to figure out the supply chain. Right, getting the consumers the product that they want, and mm-hmm. so I think this whole coronavirus um, scan not scandal, this whole coronavirus <laughs> pandemic, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. that's happening. Um, it's actually <laughs> like like you said, man. Can cannabis ever catch a break? Apparently not, because you know we're starting to alleviate some of the supply issues, and then boom. Yeah, I mean the stores, like the the. The second round of stores in Ontario were just opening. <laughs> They're opening right now. Yeah. And it's going to be like a ghost town. It's just it's just bad, man. It's just bad. And, you know, I'll walk by the store uh, tomorrow and, and, you know, just sort of peek my head in carefully and see what it looks like in there. Just wear a face mask. Yeah. Know? yeah. Wear probably, your hazmat suit. Probably, yeah. yeah I might have to. But um, I, I just think that there are definitely spots. And that's why we kept saying, like, look, go after the cashed up names. Like Valence, like over sixty million on the balance sheet right now in cash, right? Like mm-hmm. Medifarm Labs, it's down to like a buck thirty Canadian as of today, and like yeah, I, I was. <laughs> and you know what's funny is I have warrants from the original financing, like a buck twenty, and uh, and I'm like these warrants are going to be worthless. Like by the now by the time they expire, which is the summer, I'll probably be fine. Yeah. But all I'm saying is like the the valuations are making no sense. But I can't say 
hey, just jump in and buy as much as you can because I don't know what their business is going to look like through all this mess, right? Yeah. However, I am confident in saying all of the names that I hold, even if the business shuts down, I'm fairly certain they're still going to be here a year from now when the things turn. Yeah. Right? So mass extinction event for cannabis companies, still happening. But it's happening now against the backdrop of a larger mass extinction event for regular small businesses and companies. Which I think is a blessing in disguise for the cannabis industry. They're not gonna, I think, they're I think not that look is as the bad. break yeah. for the cannabis industry that, 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 they're, that they're being given right now. It's not that much of a break, honestly. Yeah, but it's just like, imagine if cannabis was the only thing that was... Because you and I... That's what was about to happen. Exactly. That was right? what the about sky to happen. Falling. We did that episode. Yes. We did it multiple. It was a series yeah. of that, right? But it's sky is falling part two, but it's falling for everybody. Yeah. Now, the, now the, the the part that we're they're not going to catch a break, though, is everybody's risk off right now. So even when I'm working commercial real estate, people are going risk off. I've been talking yeah. forever about industrial real estate and how things turned and how now it's the hottest asset class. We are on the precipice, I think, of that turning the other way and people saying, well, I don't know. I, I'm not sure I'm going to pay top dollar for that industrial property now. Right. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But. You know, real estate, commercial real estate, I mean, that's one of the safest asset, cl- asset class you can get into. Yeah. So if, if when people start pulling back on that kind of asset class, yeah. the super speculative cannabis names, I mean, like good luck getting a penny out of anybody for that stuff, <laughs> right? So so yes, from a saving face perspective, um, it won't, you know, the cannabis companies will be able to blame Corona on this for, <laughs> for, for their downfall, right? Yeah. But ultimately- this is the nail in the coffin of a lot of cannabis companies. Oh, yeah. So you want to talk about carnage? Oh, man, we're going to lose a ton of these guys really fast. I'm worried about the big guys, but ultimately they're going to come out of this okay. You know, if you're holding a, a True Leave, if you're holding a Medi Farm, if you're holding a, a Valence, even like a Village Farms, I think totally fine. No matter what happens in the six-month period, mm-hmm. I think going into 21, they're going to come back with a vengeance. Their competitors will be blown out. Um, and there's going to be still a good amount of demand to catch up with, yeah. you know, coming out of this thing and probably through, throughout this thing as well. Right. Right. So I, th- I think from, from my perspective, I can tell you, I will still be putting money into cannabis. I'm going to be cautious right now. I'm nibbling, right. I'll throw in a bid here and there, small amounts of money. I still want to keep, you know, a good amount of cash, um, to deploy, but, yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be taking bites, but again, I think the worst is yet to come. Mm-hmm. I think people will see that this is not a 30 day issue; it's more like a three to six month issue. And uh, you know, people are talking about is this going to create a, a new recession? Forget that. It is. It will be a recession. It will it be worse than a recession? That's the question. And I'm leaning towards probably. Like these small businesses are the first dominoes to go down. And then it permeates, right? Mm-hmm. So if this is thirty days, we'll bounce back. If this is ninety to, uh, if it's a six, you know, three to six months, there's a lot of pain to be had, and it's going to get worse. Right, but I think the government is going to step in before that ends up happening. Look, man, right? I, I mean, I, I hear you. The government has to do something. That's good, um, but you can't rely on the government to save everybody's ass, right? Like it's it's there. It's something, but. Uh, I don't, I don't know how that, how you can save everybody. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I, I, I agree with you. I, I think this is, there's a lot to come. Um, Anecdotally, by the way, a couple people told me they, two people told me they sold their entire stock portfolio today. Oh my God. Like that irks me. Well, here's the thing. That kind of gives me some hope because it says that 
okay, there's a rush to the exits right now of everything. People just yeah. dropping to go into cash, right? And some of those guys are just, you know, they both have families, so they just want to have enough cash in case. Not even necessarily that they're trying to time the market. Hey, I'm selling it all. I'm going to buy it back in 30 days. They're just like, look, man, I need liquidity in case I don't get a paycheck for six months. Yeah, it's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I can I can empathize with that, right? But it makes me say, look, n- cannabis names today were down 20%, right? After they've already been down how, however much, right? Yeah. So that makes me go, oh, okay, well, like, it's a rush to the exits. So the valuations aren't meant to make any sense because they're just, you know, panic selling. Yeah. They're still buyers, though. Right? There's still some bu- there's still a good amount of volume happening. There's still buyers there. What happens in two to three weeks or four weeks when we realize it this is not a thirty day issue and the buyers aren't there anymore? I mean, that's a big what if. You yeah. Know? We don't we don't know that for a fact. So no, like, we don't. Yeah, it's yeah. pure speculation. Exactly. But exactly. that's why I'm saying liquidity <laughs> is important. You're not gonna catch the bottom, you're not gonna catch the top. You know, take your nibbles. Keep asking yourself, what happens if it goes down another twenty percent? What can I withstand the volatility? Right. You know, am I am I properly uh, capitalized if I don't get a check for the next three months? Right. How am I going to live through this? Mm-hmm. So these are questions we have to keep asking ourselves, right? And I, and I think we'll look, guys. We're going to keep coming back to you and and telling you about this. It's a fluid situation, um, and hopefully, you know. Our, our ability to record these doesn't get interrupted because <laughs> because the studio's not on lockdown, right? I mean, yeah, that's true. you know, we have to be honest that that could be a risk too, right? So, for sure, for sure. So we'll try to keep bringing these to you weekly. The quality uh, might not be there. Yeah. In terms if, of, if not, not, we'll, not the content, but in terms of the recording. <laughs> the content of the quality will definitely be there for sure. Well, look, I, I mean, I will keep... I will keep taking these nibbles. Um, you know, I think when val- uh, Valence is touching two dollars Canadian, Labs is almost at you know Labs a buck thirty Canadian. Like I can't help but take some bites. Yeah, I like the Florida names. I still like Liberty and True Leave and these guys. Um, and let's see. Let's let's keep our eye on the data. Let's see what happens. Let's let's try to feel out as best as we can. Um, but you know, my personal thesis is the worst is still yet to come. I agree with you. All right, guys, podcast at gmail.com. We got some good emails, actually, after the last episode. Very nice. And maybe we'll come back next week and share some of those and do some Q&A. Excellent. Yeah, so if you guys have questions you want answered, podcast at gmail.com. Stay safe and stay sane, ladies and gentlemen. Until next time. This podcast is a general communication and entertainment being provided for informational purposes only. It is educational in nature and not designed to be a recommendation for any specific investment product, strategy, plan, feature, or other purposes. Any examples used in this podcast are generic, hypothetical, and for entertainment purposes only. None of Cannabis Investing Network or its affiliates are suggesting that the listener or any other person take a specific course of action or any action at all. Communications such as this are not impartial and are provided in connection with advertising and marketing of products and services. Prior to making any investment or financial decisions, an investor should seek individualized advice from from a personal financial, legal, tax, and other professional advisor that take into account all of the particular facts and circumstances for an investor's own situation. By listening to this communication, you agree with the intended purpose described earlier. Opinions and statements of financial market trends that are based on current market conditions constitute our judgment and are subject to change without notice. We believe the information provided here is reliable, but should not be assumed to be accurate or complete. The views and strategies described may not be suitable for all investors.